0: Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. On a recent edition of the Electronic Cottage, we mentioned three major challenges that we're already facing, and that our children and their children will have to deal with as well in the information age world that we're all living in. Climate change, genetic engineering, and artificial intelligence offer challenges as well as opportunities And how we deal with these issues will make a big difference in our lives and in the lives of those to come. We mentioned several sources of good information for all of these challenges on a previous program, but only had time to start in on the challenge of artificial intelligence, or AI. We suggested that a good start on that topic is a book first published in 1948 and revised in 1950, that will be a good place to begin for those interested in getting a sense of what AI challenges might be and might become. The book is entitled, quote, The Human Use of Human Beings, Cybernetics and Society, end quote. It was written by Norbert Wiener, the person who first brought the term cybernetics into popular use. While Wiener's immediate focus at that time was on how the effects of mechanical automation would affect everyday life, it also described in many ways the challenges that artificial intelligence is setting for us today. It's a widely accepted truism that we're living in the information age. But what the heck does that mean? What is information anyway? There are a pile of meanings of that word in any good dictionary and we invite anyone interested to consult dictionaries and to look at the etymology of the word as well. For now, we'll use the very simple definition that the anthropologist and linguist, Gregory Bateson, once tossed off in answer to the question of what is information. He said, quote, information is a difference that makes a difference, End quote. That is not a surprising description from a linguist. Differences that make a difference are what makes human language possible. The very same physical sound that is essential in one language to convey meaning may be ignored in another language altogether because it doesn't signal any difference to the listener in that language. In English, for example, the sound of the letter P used as an initial sound of a word like pit and the sound of the letter P used in a different position in a word like spit, conveys no difference to English speakers. In other languages, those two different sounds serve as two different markers, what linguists call phonemes, and do make a difference in meaning. Try lighting a match and holding it in front of your face as you say the word spit. The flame will probably wobble, but not go out. Then say pit and the flame probably will go out. That illustrates the difference between a plosive P and a non-plosive P. To us English speakers, they're the same letter. The two different sounds make no difference. In many other languages, the two different sounds signal different phonemes. In other words, there is a difference that makes a difference. There is information. In the communication of information in our modern world using electronic channels, the same concept generally applies. We won't go into exactly how that works, but we suggest, for anyone interested, to take a look at a book from the same time that The Human Use of Human Beings was written. Quote, The mathematical theory of communication, end quote, laid the groundwork for how information is transmitted in our electronic world. The book includes two essays, one by Claude E. Shannon and one by Warren Weaver. Together they form the basis of what's known as the Shannon-Weaver model of communication. For non-engineers, Shannon's essay is very tough going. But Weaver's shorter essay is accessible to non-specialists and is very interesting both historically and for providing an idea about how our electronics-based world Works under the hood. It's now 70 years after Wiener's book and after Shannon and Weaver's book and there's no doubt that the world has come a long way in the development of both what Wiener called cybernetics and in the original model of how information is communicated in an electronic way. We're living now of course, not in 1950, so if we want to understand our cutting-edge tech challenges in today's world we need to do some pondering about artificial intelligence. There are different levels of what we refer to today as artificial intelligence, or AI. At the basic level, AI can do pretty amazing things, as we often note on this program. This year, for example, consider the advent of CGT3, that can generate text in everything from resumes to newspaper stories, or Midjourney and Dolly 2, that can generate pretty amazing graphics from simple text descriptions. And now, AI programs that can generate video from text descriptions. These AI capabilities made us go, whoa, what's going on here? Are machines getting as intelligent as humans? Using pretty much any definition of human intelligence, the answer is no, or at least not yet. AI today is pretty amazing at accomplishing goals in specialized, specific areas, but overall artificial human intelligence has not yet happened. But that is the goal and the hope of those pursuing AGI, or Artificial General Intelligence, a level and type of intelligence that is as capable as, or more capable than, human intelligence in every way. What makes such a thing look like if it's even possible? That's a question that 25 very smart people pondered in a book called, quote, Possible Minds, 25 Ways of Looking at A.I., end quote, edited by John Brockman. Perhaps it's no surprise that the first essay in this book is entitled, quote, Wrong but Still Relevant, end quote a short review by the MIT theoretical physicist Seth Lloyd about what Norbert Wiener correctly foresaw 70 years ago and what he didn't get quite completely correct. It's a book that's definitely worth a look, as is another book that we briefly mentioned on a previous Electronic Cottage episode, quote, The Age of AI and Our Human Future, end quote, by Henry Kissinger, Eric Schmidt, and Daniel Huttenlocker. This book looks at the use of AI and the implications of the use of AI across many different sectors of our current and future everyday lives. We will, of course, put information about all of these works on the page for today's program in the local public affairs archive at www.weru.org for those who might be interested in thinking about the world we're all increasingly living in, and the world that those coming after us will be fully living in. That means pretty much all of us in this country and around much of the world. So pondering about AI is probably a worthwhile use of our time. And we'll do our best to continue pondering, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage.